Welcome to Oregon Rooted. I'm Higher Peaks. And this is Lady Sativa. You're listening to The Dirt Show. Where we bring you Oregon's cannabis culture. I'm Higher Peaks. And I'm Lady Steva. Hope everybody out there is having a good week. It got friggin' hot this weekend. Yeah, it did. What did it? I think we finally saw 101. Is that what it was? Because when I looked at it, it was like 98 and it felt like 110. <laughs> we really wanted to go golfing this weekend, but damn, it got friggin' so uncomfortable that I barely got my watering done and then we got to get out there. I was like, no, not going to happen. So um, it was hot. Yeah. <laughs> That's. <laughs> about that time it's august i know and we finally got the smoke and everything so it's just been just i don't know it's getting like we were out at walton is it the studio or gallery out there art house Walton Art House out in ashland which we enjoy they have a first friday every month well mostly every month and uh we enjoyed that last night but we went out there to hang out with uh, scuba steve today and it was just barely acceptable in ashland right it was moist yeah so funny though on the way back in he got us so high out there doing dabs and stuff (laughs) you gonna let me say this (laughs) so we're we're driving back into town (laughs) we're gonna say we're gonna stop by the house but we got to get some you wanted to get cookies that's what it was yes so we stopped by and you want to get some cookies we go in there we come out with 14 dollars worth of (laughs) as i put it it was chocolate and sugar and you're like yeah but it was only it was seven dollars of cookies By the way, the cookies we are sharing with the baby. So it wasn't just for us. We bought those one cookies so the baby could have the mint ones. I just thought it was funny that you were justifying the cookies. Yep. And there was a beef turkey stick, so that wasn't sweet. So (laughs) chocolate, sugar. And then you didn't want a beef turkey stick, so I wanted two of them, but you said no. Oh my God, I feel like we're back in, you know, when I first started smoking in the munchies. Anyway. It was fun. So, I hope everybody's having a good week. And let's see, uh, I want to ask everybody what they think about this. It's something I've been thinking about now that we've been legal for three, four years and other states have fallen. I want, I'm curious, I have a question for everybody, a little, little trivia question. Percentage, what is the percentage of U.S. adults who now consider using marijuana to be something that is socially acceptable. What do you think? I know you don't know. Even though <laughs> I think... Do you think it's become more acceptable? I do. Just in our area or in general? Well, I know positively in our area, but I think in general a whole lot more. Uh, seeing yeah. as I can see the number, I am not going to throw a guess out there. <laughs> but <clears throat> personally, I wish it was higher. Well, that's the goal. Yeah. Yeah. So, but that's why but I was that's bringing only this personal, up. Personal experience. I wish it was higher. And um, I wish there was more people that were still seeing us as stupid stoners. Well, sometimes I can be a stupid stoner. Well, yes. <laughs> but that doesn't mean that we are always stupid stoners or we're not functioning. There are right. times that we like to get fucking high. That's right. And we did today, man. Today has been the highest I've been in a while. In a long, in a long while. Like yes. I was stupid high. I mean, there's no way I was functionable. It was a lace face glass. It, it was. <laughs> but get, get yourself a twenty five thousand dollar piece and some good dirty arm or some bows dabs and yep. and uh, it's shit's yep. going down. Hell so yeah. we'll give you the answer at the end of that. This is all uh, from from the complete guide to marijuana and uh, just an interesting fact. So. We'll look at that again. Now, I just want to go a couple, go over a couple things that have been asked to me lately. One is that what, you know, we use different lines every year for organics or mm-hmm. for nutrients, I should say. And people have been asking me my, you know, you know, how often do we feed and water and such? And mm-hmm. <clears throat> because we've been using organics mostly, and that's what we prefer, uh, I usually follow 
for one, we follow the feed schedule of whatever the nutrient line is. Yes. And the reason we do that is because we want to see if when we try it, if the feed schedule is going to work for everybody, cannabis. Yeah. For everybody that'll follow that schedule. And I've noticed over time that a lot of feed, not a lot, but some feed schedules are kind of crummy. We want to try and find anything that's as easy, user-friendly as possible for people who are either just starting out or... They, exactly. You know, starting starting out growing, not right. so much starting out with cannabis, but starting out growing on their own. Mm-hmm. Which you know what, grow your own medicine, right? That's that's been the thing. Yeah, absolutely. And if you can't follow a feed chart and have mostly success, then uh, then we want you to know that. But so we follow the feed chart. But as far as feeding ske- or uh, the feeding schedule, like the weekly schedule, I do what's called an FFT FFF, which is a feed feed tea and feed feed flush. Or basically water on that sixth one. I kind of customize that. And you can customize it to your own thing. Like a lot of times, depending on the size of the plant or time of year, you might not follow that exactly. But when you're using organics, you got a little buffer zone on both overfeeding and underfeeding. Mm-hmm. What I do is I follow a feed, feed, and then a tea. So I throw in my micro, not well, not necessarily my microbes that day, but I will throw in teas. And then another feed, feed. And then on my flush, generally, I will do microbes. Mm-hmm. Uh, my personal, that would be like great white and and mammoth. Um, and then my SLF, too, is on my water day. Yeah. So I add those three on the water day and consider that, quote unquote, a flush. With the SLF, you're kind of actually doing that. You're using those enzymes to break down some of that organic matter. But as well as when you're throwing in the mammoth and, and whatever mycorrhizae that you're using, uh, you're kind of just uh, beefing up that watering. But, you know, or you can just run regular water that, like I said, it's kind of customizing. Sometimes I'll even use that water day as like my cow mag, uh, you know, bump that day or something. Right. Just depends on what I'm needing. Yeah. But I use that water day as, as for that. And that changes towards the end. You know, as we get towards the end, um, I'll start moving towards the flush. Yeah. But I just wanted to get that out there. So the, the FFT and the FFF. Is what it goes by. Whatever um, he's doing, it's working. I know I'm not out there as much with you as I'd like, but it is working. It's working. They're, they look amazing. <laughs> well, don't get me wrong. If you if you're finding that you're feeding too much, then you can just back off. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't tend to see that, especially when I'm full swing in summer. I, I tend not to see that that's the case. Maybe at first when they're seedlings or something. But mm-hmm. again, these are organics. You got to be careful with these. You know, those guys that are running indoors or they're running conventional lines, you can easily burn them with that kind of schedule. So mm-hmm. you want to be careful of that. You know, follow the recommended times and dosages, but right. um, I always start at half strength on conventional lines, even some organics, and then work into it and just find, you know, find the frequency that works. Okay, so along with the feed schedule, I also want to let people know that this is a good time of year. This is when we do it. But it's a good time of year to release some beneficials. So right now I know that uh, our region, at least, is going through... Uh, aphid issues. Yeah. And we've already been through our own set of separate issues, but (laughs) the aphids have gotten really bad. Now I was out there just the other day and, you know, I've been scoping hard this year. So I'm sitting out there scoping and I'm bam, here's an aphid, big old fat dude, just sitting there. I'm already starting to get a little nervous, starting to sweat, starting to feel that blood pump. So I'm like, okay, I got to assess this situation. So I started looking around. Oh, there's another one. Oh no, it's not looking good. And then, of course, I see an ant come by, and ants right. and aphids go hand in hand because those damn ants will sit there and massage those aphids and, like, make them secrete their little <laughs> juicy juices. <laughs> Ew. Yeah, they do. That's what they do. And then they'll eat because it's like a sweet juice that they secrete. Ew. So they're just like, okay, give me some of that. They'll farm the aphids is literally what they'll do. They'll milk them like a cow. They do. They kind of stroke them, and they kind of secrete, and they just harvest that stuff, and it's Ew. ridiculous. So what you're doing is they if you have- yeah, and you'll know, and a lot of the farmers around here know this, but for people outside the area, when you, if you ever run into areas that have aphid issues or you're growing in those areas, or you have a lot of ants in your plants or around your, your area where you grow, mm-hmm. those ants will bring in aphids on purpose or will at least support aphid populations because of that issue, because they'll harvest them for that sweetness. Right. So you got to watch out for ants, especially if you're seeing ants before the aphids get rid of those bastards. Right. They're just, it's no good. Um, I, I saw aphids a while ago. Yes, you A did. couple weeks ago. And so I knew, I kind of knew, I was like, oh, crap, we're going to maybe run into some aphids. Yeah. So I did see him. Best part is then right after that, I scoped out this little uh, ladybug nymph, 
which was just cruising around at top speed, just munching away. So I'm like, oh, go for that. And um, so, you know, here, here's the time. Here's the time you can throw out ladybugs for aphids, yep. ladybugs for, for mites and stuff like that. And you're hitting them right now. You'd be hitting them right before we're going into flower, which is really what you want to do. Right. I haven't sprayed or done any kind of IPM in the last couple of weeks. Uh, I'm still working on the rust plants, but I haven't sprayed anything of the the good plants. And um, so at this point, uh, I'm gonna we're gonna release those ladybugs. Mm-hmm. On a side note, with those ladybugs, this is interesting. Ladybugs are known over in Europe as like ladybirds. Yes, because they're not known as they're not an official bug. So ladybirds or lady beetles actually is what they go by. Uh-huh. So a lot of people, a lot of botan, botan, whatever. I don't know what the bug thing is. And, and to etymologists or whatever. Yes. They'll call them over here correctly. They'll call them lady beetles or ladybirds. <laughs> I digress. <laughs> so ladybugs, we're releasing those and we're, we're re- releasing the bad boys, the aliens, the praying mantises. Hell yeah. Now. Best part of this I'm time of year. I'm excited about the ladybugs one, and praying mantis. Yeah, and one thing you want to be careful is if you're going to plan to use some IPM, generally people will have ladybugs throughout the year. But like praying mantises, they're sold out now. Yep. So if you plan on using praying mantises, I'd snag them in June or July, no later than like mid-July. I think we got ours earlier than that. Yeah, you we? can. You can get them earlier than that. And then throw them in the fridge. Don't freeze them. Throw them in the fridge. And they'll last till mid-August. We had ours in the fridge up until yeah. uh, less than a week ago. So, and when you put them out, it takes a couple weeks, maybe even longer sometimes, maybe shorter, but about a couple weeks for them to pop out of the egg. The egg sacs come in about uh, 100 to 200 mantises. Yep. So for a, a small grow, you know, one sac's fine. They release like one every hour, I think is what it is. That's what you said. Yeah. So, okay. So if you figure even on this, you know, short side, if there's a hundred in there, you're going to have over a hundred hours of release there. Right. Give or take. And uh, those praying mantises, the nice thing about doing it outside, especially this time of year, is by the time they pop out in mid-August, that's really when those freaking caterpillars are moving around. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're, they they're small. Eat. Yeah, they're small enough you can't see them, but they're big enough to be a meal, and they're big enough to find a freaking home in your nugs that are just starting to form. Bastards. Yes. So screw you. I'm letting out the aliens. <sighs> Two weeks from now, they're going to have a smorgasbord. Yep. And those and the praying mantises will stick around as long as they have something to eat, just like anything else. The nice thing is about that is those worms are perfect. I mean, they and they you know the small small mantises they'll eat small things like you know aphids. They'll eat aphids yep. and stuff like that. Yeah. As they get bigger, they'll anything they can grab a hold of. You know, they, they I think they have something on some praying mantis that snagged a hummingbird or something. But 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 bottom line, wow, yeah, I know. <laughs> Bottom line, these things are badass. And so good time to, to let both go. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're doing. So, and you hit two several things pretty hard with that. And then once, you know, once we're rolling in mid, mid stride on that bloom, hopefully that has helped us some. And we won't really need any IPM to, to finish off with. Hell that, yeah. That's, that's the goal, right? <laughs> yep. <laughs> so, and then, so we're right now, we're end of July, we're first August, you know, you can even see on our IG where we had posted uh, kind of a growing calendar right now, you know, we're, like I said, we're starting August and we're heading towards, you know, September and the fall equinox, but we're done topping plants now. Mm-hmm. So y'all out there, if you're outdoor, you should be done. You should do that all through June. And so we topped like four times on some plants. <laughs> I imagine people could do more than that for sure. We could have done more than that on the damn banner. Yeah. But topped four times out on most of them, summer three. We're done with that now. Going into August, you want to start cleaning up and pruning. This is mm-hmm. your month. This I know. Is, this is, this is Lady Sativa's month right here. I so this is where we get there. out. Start pruning. Now, we've already been pruning a little bit, and I'm sure most of you have. But this is where you really want to hit it hard and clean it up good now because you don't want any of that wasted growth at the bottom. You want all that growth to go to the top. Uh, For you farmers that are growing 20-foot plants, obviously, you're going to just run all that material. So I get that. But if you're trying to maximize the quality of bud, the size, the density, and and that energy into them, you want to trim the bottom like 25 30%. Shit, you go up sometimes, it looks like 50, 60% to me, which... I leave about 30% on the end. (laughs) That freaks me the hell out, but... Yeah, you don't like it when I do it. But, you know, honestly, in a couple weeks, boom, they're just right back again and everything's clean. And as you all know out there, it keeps them, you know, free of 
mold mildew keeps the air circulating around them gets all that bullshit cleaned up yeah. this is kind of a cannabis 101 uh, so get those plants cleaned up make sure your ipm's in tip top and run your beneficials if you got them tip top tip top uh, website updates we've already talked about have nothing there and um, i just want to talk about some dispensary stuff real quick we had mentioned the other day we were talking about how like a lot of times we'll have everything from rosin to diamonds to yep. sugar sauce to I think there's probably seventeen to twenty different like I swear, but there I don't, I don't think they're really yeah, there's descriptions, yes, but consistencies there's really like a handful. Right. Ex my point. Yes. Just so, all the different companies that give it a different name. It's just yeah, it's ridiculous. <laughs> so the people that aren't quite experienced, what we've noticed is that uh Anytime you get into the terpier stuff, the the sauces and the sugars and the and the e even diamonds with a lot of sauce in them, mm -hmm. terp sauce, whatever, whatever they're calling it, you know, because terpenes are volatile and they're a hydrocarbon, you know, they're basically a a solvent base. They'll they'll volatilize and that's where you're getting that smell from. Well, over time that goes away, right. So I imagine between that, you know, so exposure to air and then also too, it just doesn't seem like it lasts as long. Mm -hmm. Like when you're taking dabs, you'll have a gram and it just doesn't seem it lasts as long as like say a a thicker sugar or like a rosin. Right. Or like what's your preference when it comes to longevity on that? Um, I like the batters or like the uh, the rosin batters. They, they tend to. Which know. is common with rosin. Yeah. To they, have that batter consistency. Yeah. But um, also in dabs, if you do it just right, I've, I've seen there's a lot, you know, uh, Echo Lectuary does a lot of batters and their stuff is is pretty tasty. And I do like the fact that it still, you know, encapsulates all the terpenes, but it also gives you the high that you're looking for. Right. Oh, so you're saying you got the flavor and the high. Yeah. And it lasts a whole lot longer to me. Yeah, I agree. And it does seem like, like, especially with the rosins and the batters and stuff that they do seem to last longer. Yeah. It yeah. seems like a lot of times it's so thin, too. Like, you go to get... I mean, I can see why they're using these scoops, because when it's really terpy, it just... Exactly. And honestly, uh, people... I know a lot of people come in and they search for the biggest diamonds. Um, Hype If diamonds. you want to know how, what your bud tender does, 99% of the time your bud tender breaks that shit up and mixes it in with the terpenes. Which I've heard that's common. Yeah, because you want to soak up all those terpenes. You don't want to sit here and smoke all your terpenes and then all of a sudden all you have is THC diamonds left. Well, or honestly the opposite. You could be picking out diamonds all day long. And then you just have a whole bunch of sauce left. A whole bunch of sauce, which is not going to be as strong. And also, too, that sauce is evaporating off is my point. Yes. I don't care if you only – we've talked about this, but if you only got that jar open for a minute, I mean – it's like alcohol and keeping your alcohol open, the the isopropyl or rubbing, it's evaporating right then. Right. So as and much yet, as, yeah. And, and yet that gets left open. Yeah. But I, I agree <laughs> with you. I think mixing up the diamonds and sauce is a good idea. It's really hard for cannabis users, though, I think, to do that because it's in our nature. Like, you know how it is. We're even talking about the bud where you have that really nice, mm -hmm. like, say, three gram, two and a half, three gram bud. And we start from the bottom and work Very the way up. Christmas tree. And then you got that nice top tip piece everybody does it or has done it and if so, you don't then what don't don't mash my shit okay don't come in and try to load a bowl and take off the tip or i'm gonna chew your ass out <laughs> well that should be then you the, just fucked up all my games that should be in the book of higher etiquette exactly we need to break out, but. it's like don't fuck with my juju <laughs> well and i noticed that it carries over so when you're looking at a big fat rock of diamonds in there you're like i'm not gonna break that up Break that shit up. You're not ruining nothing. No, you're it's not like you're taking away the way. quality. You're gonna smoke it either way. And guess what? If you break that shit up, you soak up all those terpenes and then you make it so? taste better. Oh yeah. Do crystals soak up anything? <laughs> if you break it up, yeah, into it turns smaller. into sugar okay. sauce. No, I know, I know. I yeah. you're right. It'll be more. I'm like you just crushed it into sugar sauce, so you took it from diamonds to to a different level. <laughs> yeah. Um, which you know that new that new collab. I hate to say it, but it's just rocking that collab. I hate with... to say it. I don't hate to say it. <laughs> it's fucking delicious. All right. <laughs> it is rocking. I like it. Oh, it's fucking rocking. So, Both parties. Good job, Mr. Fu Manchu and Bo Jamie. and Jamie. Yeah. So Bo's nose and Dirty Arm got together. Dirty Arm. I don't think anybody's gonna know what that looks like unless you actually know who Bo is and seen him in person. Right. Right. I, he's <laughs> a one-man show. Woo, those handlebars. <laughs> well, 
So you got to give them credit, though. They killed it. And uh, it's so tasty. It is. It is so tasty. Tropicana. Tropicana. Yep. Dirty's flour and Bo's product that he blasted or that he made at the end. Yeah. Yeah. Rosin pressed. So well done there. And and that's just bar none my favorite. I, I wish I could afford that shit all the time. Oh God, I know. That's the only thing about rosin is it is it is a pretty penny. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Any it, it it's good stuff. It is like natural you gas. You just pick the and, bug parts out. Yeah. If anybody plays pays close attention to any dirty arm or bows, they were throwing gauntlets back and forth on bashing each other. Until they faking it. Yep. Until they let you know. In fact, <laughs> we we heard some things that uh, one of them was making the memes for both of them. So it's they were definitely doing it together. Well, I think it's brilliant. It, it, yeah, it was brilliant. And they're like, oh, by the way, we collabed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that would have been terrible if it was actually real. <laughs> oh my god, I know that would have been. It's like, oh, not another civil, cannabis drama. <laughs> yeah, civil war in Oregon here. Yep. Is there anything else going on? With the Terps, I know that Wicked now has got full control of the freaking shelf, it seems like, with the Sunset Mac, the Mac 1. Oh, the Sunset Mac and Bernie Mac are gone. We've got the Mac 1 right now and the Alien Rock candy. The, which is fire. Oh, that yeah. Alien that Rock candy. Alien is. Rock has always been good. But we had the Sunset Mac, and I really liked it. It was really good daytime. Yes, I think your favorite was not the Sunset. It's not my favorite because I'm more keen to the heavier highs but i liked it because it did give me a good head high but i just was able to i liked it because of the mac i guess yeah it's got sunset the flavor the (laughs) the flavor of the tiramisu is much better yes uh that is on point with the flavor uh, pistol point yes correct yes but i was saying that because we had at the same time yes i know i was just saying um <laughs> the difference of the two is the only difference. Yes. They're the same price, but one's one's pistol, one's wicked. And they they all look great. They all wicked actually pistol. are really good. Oh. Um but I did notice that the so now Paiho and what was the other one that I said was good for nausea? The um oh layer cake. Layer cake. That was a fire fire strain too. Is who's that? Layer cake is going to be fuck. Ideal farms. Yeah. And which is out of the blue. Ideal cannabis. Sorry. Ideal cannabis, right? Yes. But man, that layer cake, grab that. If you got nausea problems, that layer cake, legit. Yeah, you got your you got your couple ones that you know help with that. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I do have stomach. Fruit, didn't you say that worked? What's that? The forbidden fruit. Oh, yes. People out there too. Everybody, this, no one likes forbidden fruit anymore. Everybody loves forbidden fruit. Do they? A lot of people do. I love the flavor. But there, I, I do notice there's a very huge demographic of people that either love it or people who hate that sweet smell. And then it's mm. all the way across the board. Yeah. Because that one is the most pungent. That one and Tropicana cookies are the two most pungent when it comes to tangy on the shelf most of the time. But anything it, it else. It did seem that way, yeah. Yeah, but anything else that has that sweet orangish smell, if one person doesn't like that forbidden fruit, it's all the way across the board. So it's Mm -hmm. like that one terpene, that orange terpene that some either you like or you hate. Yeah. Yeah. And it is strong, Mm -hmm. but I like it and it's great for nausea. Another good strain for daytime. So I can smoke that all day and be, be okay. Yes. At least get shit done. Um, So that kind of wraps that up. I guess we kind of bounced around on that, but kind of catches you up where we're at and looking forward to seeing these buds form. I mean, they're just starting. We've got the uh, one last thing is we got the. OCT mail that we're going to Paul and Chuck, and then we're also going to Paul and Chuck the Durban pineapple that you had. And what do you have collected? You have the plumberry kush? I now have the plumberry kush collected. We All I did with that is I just made it as simple as possible. I let them flower out most of the way. Not flower out most of the way. It was like 50% of the flowers started to open. Right. Cut the stems. One thing nice about these damn male plants is they're fucking tanks they're sturdy <laughs> and so you can just cut them throw them in like a like a bouquet of flowers and they'll sit there and thrive for a week easy yep and if you keep the water changed you could probably root those bastards but i mean basically i just put them in there put a little tinfoil underneath for me is the easiest way because here's what happens is if you like put them in a ziploc all those like dry flower dead flowers will fall off in there and you kind of got to collect it out of there and it's real hard right but if you collect it on a sheet of tinfoil you can kind of just cone it up and all the flour will fall. The, the, the pollen will stay on the tinfoil. 
Right. And the flour will just fall right to the corner and you can just brush it all right off. Oh, nice. And then you just paint brush the pollen right into a little airtight jar. Store that in like a, a dab jar. A, a nice tight airtight jar is what you want. Yes. And, and let no me tell moisture. You, those those dab jars are perfect for that. When you cleaned it all out, it looked it works. It, those dab jars were perfect. Just make sure that lid's tight. You put it up on a shelf and in, in a shelf dark, you know, no light, uh, static temperature. Uh, and it'll last for two, three months, I'm sure. Um, you want to use it as soon as you can, but it'll last a while if it's airtight. If you're going to try to store it any length of time, I would try to use some desiccant inside the container, which is just the, the humidity. Right. Um, right. Desiccant. And then uh, I would, I, me personally, I'm just going to say this. I don't know. There might be some disagreement in this, but I would not put it in the fridge. Some people think it's going to keep it fresh and all that. But you run, you can and do run into humidity issues sometimes. I could see that. And that'll screw up your shit right there. Yeah. So I just don't recommend it. Yeah. And and put if you put a, it, if you put it like, you know, in a cool hamper, dry place. cool, dry place, don't touch that shit. You'll be good. Okay. Uh, moving on. Um, I just wanted to cover. So we got a lot of good interviews coming up, but this is kind of a little, this is just a little break for us. We've been really busy and, you know, it takes a lot it's of work. It's not stopping. It's not stopping. And it takes a lot of work. It's been the one weekend that's been not it, intentionally busy not busy plans got changed <laughs> plans got changed or or people got you know had their had their hiccups and so we ended up having a little bit more open time than we planned which on the flip it, it's kind of unfortunate if we would have found out earlier we would have been able to make it to the endo expo but we didn't well our our ultimate goal would have been to make it to that damn expo we missed yes, everybody that was that was honestly our big we missed uh, Dude Grows. We missed it was uh, pretty unfortunate, but... Colin from Mammoth. We missed uh, okay, Carl okay, okay. from Microblife. We missed Shh. Jinx Proof. You know, yep, here I, he keeps <sighs> going. <laughs> fuck. Elevation. All of those guys. But we were dedicated to trying to meet up with our people. But it's it's cool. It's cool. Yeah. We'll and move. so, but we we still got Funks coming out this week. Yep. And which is a big one, funk extracts. Those guys rock. We enjoy their extracts quite often. Hell yeah. We've also got some plans. We got interviews coming out with Full Circle Farms that uh, also does eminence extracts. They, they're they the same. Uh, we've got all kinds of things um, coming some out. Some glass blowers. So this is kind of just a quick break. But like I said, I'm going to put out funk because I kind of feel bad that we didn't have an interview. So I'm going to put funk out. Um, probably we got like someone real special coming up before she Thursday. goes. she goes off into... Bigger, better things. Who's that? I can't tell you. You know. We talked to him today. Even but anyways, yes. Uh, just someone just someone dear to us before they take off and go to be a judge in something. They um, are going to sit down with us. Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah. So I thought that was pretty exciting. And she's got a big name out there for herself. So Yeah. And well, in an effort to, we're, I'm trying really, really hard, sincerely trying to develop new content. I want to keep an interview a week coming yeah. so we keep the interviews going or at least an episode a week because if we sit down and do this well for sure still, an episode but that episode has got to be at least an interview and then on top of that we'd like to have some kind of segments of some cultural stuff and right. so we're trying to bring on more glass stuff and and because that's turned into my passion <laughs> well and it, it's part it. of the culture it always mm-hmm. has been glass since my first glass pipe has always been a part of my right. smoking experience and now we're part of that fun, I mean, fun little crowd. I mean, I'm old enough to say that I probably got brain damage from smoking on <laughs> the brass and the stainless steel. I've and what was funny is before. even when you had the stainless steel, then you still had the brass screen. You're like, either way, I'm screwed. Yeah. And, and they, we still have brass screens. Yeah. It's yeah, sad. It it's is. really sad. I know. <laughs> so, so, but glass is a big part of the culture. And so we're going to bring stuff like that. And I've got, I've got like five or six other ideas. I'm trying to organize it so that it can happen. Well, we've got sugar tree. We do have sugar tree too. We've got some Benson coming up. Sacred Roots, I'm sure is going to sit down with Sacred us. Flower Farms. Sacred Flower. I always get that confused. Were you thinking Sacred Roots? Because I think we know Sacred Roots as yeah, well. Yeah, we do. But yeah. Sacred Flower Sacred Farms. farms. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then, um, uh, like I said, sugar tree. And we've got, we've got some big things coming. So keep your eye out for that, and we will keep pushing hard for more content. Um, so with this one, I'm just going to, you know, here's the deal. There's there's first with everything. Do you remember your first kiss? Wait, don't answer that. Do you remember? Yes, I do. <laughs> it was in kindergarten. A little boy gave me a kiss on the cheek. Oh, my God. 
you are a freaking. I don't know who he was. He gave me a kiss and dirty, then ran away. Just dirty. Like, I feel dirty now. I didn't even remember it. I think his name was Micah, actually. What, a kiss and run? Yeah. He was a little Asian boy. He was a little kiss and run. He kissed me on the cheek and ran away. It was in kindergarten. Aww. I know. <laughs> Karate kiss. <laughs> so there's a first in everything is my point. Right. And there's a lot of firsts in cannabis. I bet you all don't know about those. Well, some of them I'm sure people would know. I'm sure. But let's go over some firsts with cannabis. Let's take a trip back in time. What I'm not surprised about is the first real the first real use of cannabis. Well, we have all heard now and know that they've isolated cannabis down to a Tibetan plateau. Yes. So those Tibetans were getting high way back, mm-hmm. I imagine. Maybe not. I don't know. But but the first use of anything with cannabis was medicinal. And that does not surprise me. Right. Right. And they, they as far as I know, about 10,000 to 2000 BC is the era where it was being used medicinally. And uh, so basically, by all indications, cultivation of the hemp plant. And I think they, you know, I think they say hemp plant during these time periods is because just so everybody's clear, cannabis is... A high THC plant or a high CBD plant. It right? is it's all too, over the same thing. It, the but same it's all cannabis. Plant. Yes, it's all cannabis. So you can, in a lot of ways, you can let go of the hemp thing. So there's hemp cannabis. Or high CBD. That's more correct because hemp is really yes, fibrous. Technically, it's high CBD cannabis because we don't grow hemp CBD as much around here as they say we do because it is still used for smoking products. We grow... It's, we grow cannabis for the cbd oils yes but we don't do it for, for the fibrous, fiber which is what hemp which would be CBD hemp cbd is or hemp is technically. thank you it's not CBD. sorry hemp technically yes yes thank you that's what i was getting at <laughs> hemp is the fiber that's the stuff you see that grows 12 foot high yeah and it's like a little stalk all the way up they use it for papers they very, use it for rope they very use little for side branching clothing okay <laughs> but cannabis even that that's all cannabis yes okay so it's no different except that it has a different chemistry profile yes so you have high thc cannabis or high cbd you'll have high cbd cannabis looks identical yep so for you people out there across the states or across the world these two things don't look any different no they look just as fantastic one of them needs a fence and the other one doesn't is the only difference in Oregon. (laughs) (laughs) well and one will get you high and one won't well, meaning when you're driving down the road and looking, right. I'm not talking about smoking it. And so, and that's what, wise. that's what we produce here. So don't be, con- cannabis is cannabis is cannabis. Drop the hemp shit. Okay. Uh, but when they talk hemp in the, in the past like this, they're, they're really literally talking about the stuff that they were making textiles, you know, yes, clothing. Because, yes. And, they were and stuff using like it that. as yeah. clothing. So that's yes. why they use hemp, you know? So, and apparently these dates go back, like I said, as far as 10,000 BC. Uh, in China, during those early days, hemp was primarily used as raw material to create fibers. That's, you know, yeah, clothing, clothing, what we're yeah. saying. And it really wasn't until like around 27, 27 BC that people first reportedly began using it for medicinal purposes. I guess so. Yeah. Before medicinal, it was textiles, which is yeah. not surprising either. So, and once it started getting used for medicinal purposes, it really started upping the ranks in the hierarchy. So, a Chinese emperor, Shen Nung, seems to be the first to prescribe marijuana. It was laced tea is what it was for a variety of conditions. And, you know, it was everything from gout, rheumatism, malaria, shit, poor memory, which is fucking fucking (laughs) funny. Yeah, I know. Oh, you don't remember? Here, get high. Now you won't care that you don't remember. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and of course it was tea that makes sense mm-hmm. uh, and i imagine you know since it was pretty much hempish that it was pretty just small leaves and you know anyway it looked a little brickweedish. i imagine it was high cbd too since it was hemp and so mm-hmm. you know that's where their their stuff was coming from but with all these conditions uh side benefits uh, this guy apparently once wrote that taking much of it may make one behold ghosts and frenetically run about frenetically about run about so he's saying they go a little bit crazy taking may enable one to communicate with the spirit light and make the body light <laughs> so you so feel high i wonder what it would have done to him these days at 35 percent thc right <laughs> what would you feel like now 
Man, talk about making a name for yourself. Yeah, exactly. Drink this shit. It'll make <laughs> you feel better. That's funny. Do you, do you have any idea, would you have a guess when the first bong was made? Or, or when it was first conceived? When it first came about? Um, no. You're like, uh, I was like 12. Wow. <laughs> so 1100s. I cheated. <laughs> evidence of the first bong was around 1100s. Uh, there's some evidence of pipes being used to smoke. Uh, in Russia, around 400 BC, however, historians tend to cite Ethiopia between 1100 and 1400 AD as the place and time when smoking, at least tobacco with a pipe, came into fashion. By the 16th century, however, water pipes had become all the rage in China. Go figure, probably from the opium or some shit. As far as for the bong, though, uh, college students everywhere know it today, and it can be traced back to the 1960s, which is kind of what I was thinking. Mm-hmm. And 19, or excuse me, 70s. And Bob Snodgrass, uh, the artist, he took to following the Grateful Dead, and which is funny because I think Grateful Dead had so much influence on the cannabis culture because yeah. so many things came out of it. Like those, that's the story. I was following along with Grateful Dead. Right. This happened and that happened. And someone had this weed. And I used to take care of a lady that was Chem a dog and all that stuff came out of that. But go ahead. I used to take care of a lady that was a deadhead. Yeah, I mean it really, but it really had an influence on not only cannabis, I think, but the LSD. Yeah, and it culture fucked up her brain. I will have to say, <laughs> she was a kick in the pants. I got charged a couple times. Yeah, so apparently Bob Snodgrass in the seventies, when he was fallen Grateful Dead, uh, developed a glass water pipe that fumed, meaning that the glass changed colors as the smoke passed through. So. I guess that was the first fuming too, at least for cannabis bong or, you know, water bongs. Mm-hmm. And then interesting enough, the word bong also reportedly comes from the ancient Thai word bang, which is, I think what they call, isn't that butter? Isn't that another word? Bang is, is butter. For... I know bang is a energy drink. <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> oh my God. I'm like, wow, they had bangs back then? No, I know when they were created. <laughs> Let's move on to the 1600s. This is really where cannabis uh, or hemp really is what it was because it was all for fiber really came about. And I mean, obviously, we you wouldn't know it if you're an outsider looking in at the current, you know, government's ban and issue on at least federally on cannabis but obviously there was a time when it was actually illegal not to grow hemp in the u.s i think most of us know that in 1619 british settlers in the colony of virginia were subject to the new world's first cannabis legislation which (laughs) made growing hemp mandatory the british government set up this requirement because hemp fibers were invaluable when it came to making much needed supplies you know like rope paper all that bullshit Mm -hmm. and then by the start of the 1800s even founding fathers as you know like georgie thomas john adams all these guys were growing the plant you know has led to what we have now today Mm -hmm. i'd be interested in smoking like whatever it was they were smoking no, I wouldn't. That means it's been along that been around that long. Oh no! Well, <laughs> some old God. ass fucking weed. Fuck, I need to get you high. <laughs> no, no. I mean, but maybe grow some of the shit that they were growing. We already found old daps today. We don't. Need I'm not even to. sure they were really getting high. They might have got <laughs> medical value out of it, but I'm wondering if they even got high. Yes, them they got high. They got totally high. The stuff that they that we got these days doesn't do nothing. <laughs> yeah. So. And then we kind of fast forward for a couple hundred years. We're kind of just like chilling with the water bong and some hemp. Have a few presidents rolling the hemp fields. Uh, 1800s is really around the first joint, believe it or not. Um, Actually, you can pretty pretty much believe it. I wonder if they called it a joint. I don't know. (laughs) We have all kinds of names. Spliff, Blunt. Uh, what do you call them? Meanwhile, the nickname joint was a late 1800s term for opium dens. Aha, uh-huh. you're but right. But shifted into being slang for marijuana cigarettes. Mm-hmm. Which, obviously, I don't know. Do I, Some people still mix it with tobacco, but no matter what name I guess you use, the marijuana cigarette essentially wow. is what it was, has probably been around since the 1800s. Around 1850 is what they're thinking. A pharmacist from the University of Guadalajara, New Mexico, actually found that field workers had begun rolling marijuana in their tobacco cigarettes. 
what I think is funny is by the early 1900s, tobacco was no longer a part of the equation. Like, fuck that. <laughs> fuck this. Get this out of Let's here. Let's get high. And smoking rolled cannabis had actually become arguably the most popular way to consume it. So, and then like you said, the nickname joint was a late 1800s term for opium dens, which I'm sure, like I said, probably had something to do with the water pipes too. It's so opium joint. And then this is funny. Like it was the 1920s or so when the first pot song came around. Do you have any idea what that might be? I already read one of them, but I didn't say the actual song was, no. Well, it wasn't Bob Dylan. <laughs> yeah, remember Bob Dylan, Everybody Must Get Stoned? Right. That was a good song. Yeah, it was. And it was a long time ago. Yeah, it was. Cannabis was kind of popularized at that point, but there was a couple of tunes from the 20s and 30s. There was uh, the Cab Calloway's The Reefer Man. <laughs> you know, actually, believe it or not, in the 20s and 30s, blues had a lot of singing about cannabis they say that blues was started a lot of the reason because of cannabis was yeah. it cannabis and the black people at that time yeah and that caused because a lot that of was issues it. that mm-hmm. was what it was and it's they started the blues and then it got associated with them yeah i think that was in that documentary we watched <laughs> it was and funny enough like i said a lot of they were using sly terms and what do you call it uh when they they're using a lot of slang terms that were kind of keeping it hidden but honestly they were doing a lot of talking about it uh you know they have what was it they like i was saying the cab calloway the reefer man and Mm -hmm. then louis armstrong's muggles actually believe it or not was about cannabis it uh it celebrated weed Uh, but cannabis's musical debut was actually more than likely la cucaracha (laughs) the traditional spanish tune Dating back to the Middle Ages. I didn't know that, you know. So Middle Ages, it became the popular among Pancho Villa's soldiers during the Mexican Revolution in the 1910s. While La Cucaracha was about a cockroach that loses a leg and can't walk, dudes all fucked up. (laughs) A Villa era verse alternately claimed the bug's trouble walking was because it lacked marijuana to smoke. Uh Right? That's funny. See, I thought you had a limp because you were smoking. These right. cockroaches are like, oh, I need some weed. Yep. <laughs> uh, and then 1936, the first marijuana movie. Hell yeah. And what do you think that was? I don't. I, do, you're asking uh, me way man, before. I, I know y'all are shit. sitting out there going, reefer madness. Oh, see shit. I knew that. 36, the propaganda film, reefer madness. That shit's like a cult classic now. I need to sit down and watch that. And it had taglines like the sweet pill that makes life bitter. Bullshit. See, I know all the quotes from it. I don't I know. I have not sat down to watch it. I think it's because I can't find it on anything right now. Yeah. It was actually the first movie that really got much notice. It was financed by a church group and originally called Tell Your Children. <laughs> this is your brain. This is drugs. This is brain on your drugs. Drugs on your brain. Drugs. <laughs> So, as you know, this is a tale of the high school students whose lives were destroyed after trying cannabis. I think, didn't they run wild, rape, pillage, and plunder? <laughs> is this like that commercial where the guy speeds out of the uh, drive-thru and hits a little kid on a bike? Remember that? What? Don't you remember the commercials that they said you don't smoke pot and it shows these guys in Taco Bell, they're all acting like a bunch of dumbasses. <laughs> and you see this kid on a tricycle riding in front of the... Because parents let their kids ride in front of the uh, drive-thru, you know, because that's normal. Anyways, this little girl's driving, riding in front of the drive-thru, and they speed off, and they hit this little girl. And all you see is this the wheels spinning on the tricycle, and it says, don't smoke pot, not even once. Oh, I remember that Come one. on. Yeah, I was barely 18 when it was I remember that, ridiculous. and that is brutal because, that is. you know... Bullshit. Bullshit. I'm sorry, but we have better reaction times than <sighs> that. Yes, than that. I'm that'd be a drunk driver. Thank you very much. <laughs> I don't know. That hit home if I had to see that shit again. Anyway, funny enough though, after that piece of crap movie that came out, it really isn't a piece of crap, but all that propaganda that came out with it. You know, we really had our first successful movie about weed, and obviously, do you know what that is? That's right, baby. 78, we had Up in Smoke. Obviously, it was... Hands down favorite. Yeah, it was about the two buddies, two buddies searching for a joint. Uh, It made $45 at the box office. Dude, how am I driving? So if you translated that, that would come out to a $168 And it absolutely, it basically started the genre, the Stony Movies genre. Hell yeah. I mean, (laughs) um, and you know, back then... 
it was so taboo and it was so I just I'm surprised that they could pull that off and right. you know make way for all the good movies that came after that. Here's a good one. The first pot brownie. <laughs> it's a pretty good in- interesting history. So this is in the 50s. You know, these days cannabis consumers are as likely to eat their weed as smoke it, right? Yep. Uh, amongst every other form of cons- yeah, consumption. Yeah, something on the shelf. That's why we've smoke got options. It, <laughs> smoke it, rub it, flip it, smack it, whatever you can do. Hey, they have a game like that. <laughs> what they think is a trend uh, may well have begun in, in 54 with the Alice B. Toklas cookbook. You can look that up. It included a recipe for hashish brownies in the British edition. The American publisher had uh, it eliminated it. They, they weren't keen on it. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> you know, people had, uh, you know, had made food before this, but the recipe that Toklas helped make, uh, it really uh, got the baked goods on, on the cannabis list and really was an international sensation. So everybody's be getting high on the brownies. Hell Yeah. <laughs> And it really became a staple, uh, especially in the 60s. But, you know, when I acid think... Acid brownies, that's what I've heard that they were called from back in the 60s. Okay, is okay. fucking acid brownies because well, it got you so fucking high you'd see dragons, as they'd say. Okay. <laughs> this is back when they are still finding out that there was a, a real fine line between dragons and just passing out. Yeah, and being too fucking high. <laughs> yeah, you want to be really careful with that. Uh, but, I mean... You know, back then they were probably, I imagine they were just throwing like leaves. Like I picture some hippie like. Oh, you mean like what's his name off of uh, Next Friday? (laughs) Yeah. Or was that the Friday after Next? No, that was Next Friday. Next Friday. Yeah. When he shoved the brownie. Dude, why is there green shit coming out of it? Oh, that's weed. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. And then starting in 2007. Through 2018. Yeah, pretty much current. Really what. The first, the big first was the vape pen, the cartridge pen. Cartridges. Yeah. What people now call the new roaches. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, roaches break down pretty quickly. These are going to be around these, forever. Uh, do not. Yes. These are glass and metal. <laughs> Too bad we can't find a way to reuse those bitches yet. Yeah. And sadly enough, there's a lot of cheap ones, especially those black market ones. They have mm-hmm. a lot of heavy metal issues. A lot of issues. So watch what you smoke when that's it comes to cartridges. You know, is all I have to say. I gotta say there is a a good level of comfort consuming cannabis now here in Oregon. In Oregon, I that's for, just from our experience, and it's just it's nice to know. You know, if you didn't grow it, you know what's basically know what's in it. Right. You know, uh, well enough to to be fairly certain that you're fine. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like that. I <laughs> in the '90s, I've smoked as most everybody. We smoked weed back then that was so questionable, right? I mean, I, they had paraquat, diazinon, <laughs> methylanine, or methylate, whatever it is, they shit that's just gross shit. oh my god. And that's not even including the time periods where Eagle Twenty and all that came through. So, I mean, we we're just I can't imagine how much Parkinson's would put. In <laughs> Right. <laughs> so so it's really nice to know. And so I guess what I'm saying and you're saying is that for this black market that's still flourishing out there, especially across the states, because we see this packaging now where black market is obviously profiting better by packaging this stuff like it's retail. Like it's real fucking pretty. Like, like it's, it's peach rings or if it's well, fucking, oh, but you're, it's ridiculous. People are buying cartridges black market, which we've never had to deal with that here. Yeah. I find it hilarious. But you got to be careful with shit like that because that will poison you. That is heavy metals in those shitty ass cheap cartridges. Was it somebody had died from smoking one of those or somebody was in a coma or was near death because of. And they don't know what was in it. They don't know what was in it. They cannot find out what was in it. You know, concentrate. Well, they don't know what to test for. They have to keep testing until they find something. Exactly. And so, but he is actually, he landed himself in a coma from smoking out of this. So it's pretty awful. Well, it wasn't due to it, but he got so sick Sick from it that they had to induce a coma. Yes, that's right. So they could figure out how to deal with it. Yes. Which is pretty sad. So, you know, for all you people out there, please, please be aware that 
And don't yes. blame this on the cannabis. This is not the fucking cannabis that did this to him. No, this is whatever was in right. the fucking cartridge. This right. is not the cannabis. Right. So this cannot even be associated to this can be considered something that was hazardous. No, and that's what they're going to try and start doing. Well, and I'd imagine it may not even be the cartridge itself. The thing is, is people are home, home brewing their concentrates. And don't right. get me wrong. I, I've done that stuff before. And so I, I know that there's, you know, people can do it. But the problem is, is you got people that are doing some shady shit, nasty, running sh- nasty shit, whether it be mold or, mm-hmm. or, you know, stuff that's infested with Eagle 20 still yeah. or, or some guy that doesn't give a shit and just sprays on whatever nuke bomb he can put on there. Right. And without that testing, it's, just a shot in the dark. Exactly. And, I mean, it's anyway. It's because we care about y'all out there. So just be <laughs> careful. Uh, just be careful. Yes. Especially and that goes across the board. CBDs, THC. Just be careful out there on the black market. All right, that's it. That's all we have. Thanks for sitting with us. I I know it's a little bit different. We're gonna try to start mixing it up, but keep those interviews coming in once a week. Look out for funk in the middle. Probably Thursday, I think, is when we'll put funk out. Yeah. Um, but that's with Ramsey. He seems to be a cool guy. Tuesday, right? We're supposed to be sitting down with him. Yeah. So look for that and much more. Hell yeah. All right. All right. Thanks everybody. Oregon love. Oregon love. (laughs) 